I have a particularly explosive ejaculate. It just goes everywhere. It's like a fucking wild fireman's hose. She's gonna grab on and pray to God it doesn't get in your eyes or your mouth. Everybody comfortable? Oh my God, shut up. Look at this, look at this. Look what I can do. I hear the guy hangs dong and I'm very interested in seeing that. Did that go the way you thought it was gonna go? Will you forget the goddamn cat for a second and listen to all the interesting things I have to say? Hey everybody, welcome to the Pro Wrestling Elitist Podcast. I'm Corey Atkinson. How's everybody doing today? Are you all cut up on your New Japan or are you like me, perpetually behind and always playing catch up? Let's get to the news. On the latest episode of A Shot of Brandy, Brandy Rhodes forces John Moxley to drink a bunch of whiskey and eat macaroni and cheese, effectively living out the dream date most men and some women wish they could have with Brandy once that pesky Cody is out of the way. Chris Statlander suffered a high-grade tear of her ACL. For human athletes, the recovery period is generally around six to nine months. It remains to be seen how Statlander's alien DNA will handle both the surgery and the recovery. Regardless, a giant nose boop, lots of love, and well wishes to my favorite alien, not named Elf. Chris Jericho wants the big dog in AEW. That's right. During a recent interview where Chris Jericho mostly tries to convince the guys from what culture that 80s kiss wasn't mostly terrible, Jericho says that Reigns was about the only person he'd want from WWE right now. Somewhere Kevin Steen is crying at this vicious betrayal by one of his best friends or one-time best friends. But... He was quick to mop up his tears with Vince McMahon's millions. That's right. Kevin Steen's under contract until 2023. Tough break, big guy. But back to Roman Reigns. Reigns also signed a new deal, a multi-year contract with WWE in August of 2019. And while the exact terms of the deal are unknown, don't expect Reigns to appear in AEW anytime soon or ever for that matter. In fact, the chances are Roman is actively having his time with WWE lengthened because he doesn't want to deal with Vince McMahon being a shitty, irresponsible boss. I would imagine that the immunocompromised Reigns is still being paid a shit ton of money, aka his dollars downside guarantee so chances are he's not going anywhere anytime soon and don't get me wrong that doesn't mean wwe isn't withholding things like his royalties or his happiness oh well that's certainly an uplifting note to end on great job team we monologued AEW Men's World Champion John Moxley has held the title for just over three months, pretty much the entire time that the coronavirus has devastated the United States. So with that in mind, let's take a look at how his run has been thus far. It's time for a new segment that we're calling The Drop. On February 29th at the AEW Revolution pay-per-view, John Moxley defeated Chris Jericho to become the AEW Men's World Champion. One week later on AEW Dynamite on March the 4th, John Moxley was attacked by the Inner Circle. Moxley was a victim to the numbers game and was beaten down five on one. The Inner Circle threw Moxley off of the stage injuring him in the process. John Moxley would remain off television until March 25th, where he would return to confront the inner circles, Jake Hager. 
This would set the stage for Moxley to face Hager in an empty arena, no holds barred match for the AEW Men's World Championship at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida on April the 15th. Moxley would retain his title after drilling Hager with a paradigm shift onto a steel chair. This would mark Moxley's first defense of the AEW Men's World Championship and the first defense of the AEW Men's World Championship under the new COVID-19 restrictions. Much like other talents across the wrestling landscape, John Moxley all but vanished during the remainder of April. It was not until May the 6th that Moxley returned to AEW. With AEW Double or Nothing set to take place on May the 23rd, AEW didn't have anything in place for John Moxley or the AEW Men's World Championship. Enter Brody Lee and the Dark Order, who abducted Big Platinum and left Moxley beaten to a pulp in the middle of the ring. The emergence of Brody Lee as a top challenger to John Moxley's World Championship felt rushed. At this point, it started to feel like the wind had been taken out of John Moxley's sails. While Moxley would go on to beat Brody Lee at the 2020 edition of Double or Nothing, the enormous momentum that was behind John Moxley was gone. In fact, so much of the bloom was off the rose that the AEW World Championship match didn't headline the pay-per-view a first for this young upstart promotion. Meanwhile, also at Double or Nothing, Taz would usher in the next challenger for John Moxley as former Impact World Champion Brian Cage would debut for AEW and win the casino ladder match for the right to face Moxley at the 2020 edition of Fighter Fest. That brings us to now, John Moxley versus Brian Cage in what will assuredly be a good to great match. Both men are in their primes. Both men are fully capable of putting together a match that is truly special. However, if it weren't for the addition of Taz into the story, this program would be DOA dead on arrival. While diehard fans know and appreciate all Brian Cage can bring to the ring, the lapsed fan doesn't know who he is, nor does the casual fan or the quote-unquote WWE fan. Right now, all they see is some jacked musclehead winning meaningless squash matches Right now, as things are as of this recording, Brian Cage isn't a viable threat or seen as a viable threat to John Moxley's title. While that could change ahead of Fighter Fest, AEW did both Brian Cage and John Moxley a disservice by having Cage face Moxley this early into Brian Cage's AEW career. For a man who was on fire coming into the Revolution pay-per-view back in February, Moxley has all but lost those intangibles that made him special. For example, let's take a look at Moxley's feud with Chris Jericho and the Inner Circle. Without dissecting every minute of every match or every angle that took place to get us to the Revolution pay-per-view, John Moxley was set up to be the underdog. Yes, he was also Steve Austin light, but that's not a bad mold for a protagonist, especially if a company is trying to attract the laps fan from yesteryear who misses cheering for the defiant anti-hero. John Moxley was put in peril 
He was viciously attacked by the inner circle on seemingly countless occasions, but would fight from underneath to even the odds. Even after Chris Jericho blinded John Moxley with a spike to his eyeball, Moxley made things even by driving a car key into the eye of Santana and blinding him. Moxley would one up the inner circle where he could. He would get even where he could. But what made Moxley work were two things. First, the fans, which we aren't getting back anytime soon. And two was the heat. Moxley's actions weren't without consequence. Anytime he would try to get one up on the inner circle, even if he was successful, those moments, those those wins, they were fleeting. There was always something or someone waiting to take Moxley out for every win. Moxley would be hit with more to overcome. In most cases, adversity is what makes a great hero, or in this case, a great anti-hero. The next few weeks will dictate how John Moxley's legacy is remembered in AEW. No one, myself included, wants to see Mox come out as a lame duck champion. Frankly, he deserves much better than that. So the question naturally becomes, how do you recapture the magic of John Moxley? How do you make him your top guy once again? You need to go back to storytelling basics while also staying true to the character of John Moxley. Right now, you need a villain. You need heat. To be blunt, you need someone to come in and kick the shit out of John Moxley. So where do we find that foil for John Moxley and the world championship? So let's start by looking at his rogues gallery to date. First, there's Kenny Omega. While I personally enjoy Omega more as a bad guy than a good guy, Omega is currently tied up with Hangman Page, and that story still needs time to finish. Next, you've got Jericho's muscle and Jake Hager. While Hager is a multi-time world champion in the sport of professional wrestling, you would never know it by his current presentation. He's a heater for Jericho right now and nothing more. You could carry things on with Brody Lee in the Dark Order, but that entire situation was rushed and mishandled. While they certainly can go back to the well on that in the future, AEW needs to give Brody Lee and the Dark Order time to regroup, reestablish themselves as Brody as the centerpiece of the group, and keep them away from Moxley until that's taken place. That leaves Chris Jericho, the man John Moxley beat for the AEW Men's World Championship. While Jericho would make the most sense, especially since he does have a contractual rematch against Mox for the title, Jericho is tied up with the elite, Orange Cassidy of all people, and Mike fucking Tyson. This really means one thing. We need to establish a new antagonist for John Moxley. Does this mean you dive into Cody Rhodes' rogues gallery? to meet the need. No, no, it doesn't. Or it shouldn't. For now, I would leave talents like Sean Spears, MJF, and Lance Archer away from John Moxley. Instead, you need to look at the rest of your roster. If they're available right now, more than ever, you need Death Triangle. More specifically, you need the Bastard Pack. Pack is the man John Moxley defeated to become the number one contender for the Men's World Championship. More specifically, Pac is the man whose entire story prior to the COVID-19 outbreak was that he was overlooked and taken for granted by AEW management. He was misused, abused, brushed aside, and this is even when he was undefeated. So what better way to reintroduce Pac 
than to have him continue to be the disgruntled bastard that he is and take out AEW's top star and their world champion. Pac has star power, he has the motivation, he has the skills to not only make Moxley's in-ring life a living hell, he also has what's needed to get Moxley back on track. If AEW can book enough heat on Pac and Death Triangle, this could and should lead to Pac defeating Moxley for the championship. That's right, I said it, and as they say, the money is in the chase. It's time to let Moxley hunt once again. That was The Drop. If you have an opinion on today's topic or want to suggest future topics for us to cover, reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram at PWLitas or email us directly at PWLitas at gmail.com. With that, let's take a look into the future of what is happening on AEW television this week. Scheduled for this week's AEW Dark, we have the Jurassic Express taking on the Capital Vices. Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss are debuting their new team versus Musa and Sean Dean. Big Swole will take on Danny Jordan. SCU will take on Brandon Cutler and the librarian Peter Avalon. They're trying their luck one more time, people. Next up, we've got Lance Archer murdering David Ali. Penelope Ford will go one-on-one versus Skylar Moore. Scorpio Sky takes on Robert Ego Anthony, the guy whose uh, name I couldn't think of last week. Jimmy Havoc will go one-on-one with Griff Garrison. Allie and Brandy Rhodes, the dream team, baby. They'll be taking on Kenzie Page and Red Velvet. Hey, where, where's your partner, Yellow Cake? Nailed it. The Dark Orders, Alex Reynolds and Stu Grayson returning to action. They'll be taking on Brady Pierce and John Schuyler. Finally, we have Sean Spears versus Lee Johnson. Except for this week's edition of AEW Dynamite on TNT, the road to Fighter Fest continues. We have AEW Tag Team Champions Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall. Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara somehow are getting an opportunity to fight Chuck Taylor and Trent of Best Friends fame for their number one contendership. This makes absolutely no sense. It is maybe the dumbest storytelling that they've done in a long time. I I mean, I get that they want revenge on Jericho and the inner circle for what they did to Orange Cassidy, but why the hell would they put their number one contendership up for that? That makes no sense. Literally no sense. Whatever. Wrestling, right? Um, Next up, we have AEW TNT champion Cody. He's going to defend his title against a yet-to-be-named opponent. Um, this, this person clearly will be unsuccessful in challenging Cody for the title because Cody needs to face Jake Hager at fighter fest. Moving along now, we've got the young bucks taking on Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc. And finally we have MJF taking on Billy Gunn, but we can't call him Gunn anymore. So it's just really MJF versus Billy. If we're going to have him just be Billy, then we need to bring back Chuck. And that's all she wrote for today, guys and ghouls. Join us next week for more of the same. If you can't wait until then, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram at PW Elitists. While you're at it, we also love email, especially if you want to send us money or nudes. You can reach us at PWElitus at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a five-star review outside of telling your friends about the show. It literally is the best way you can help us grow our audience. Finally, subscribe to stay notified when new episodes drop. Until next week, stay safe, take care, and get yourself over. What is going on up here?
Later, dudes. S, U, and your A's. Don't wear a C and J all over your B's.